0: Welcome to the light reading podcast. I'm Phil Harvey. I'm an editor here at light reading. I'm joined today as ever by my colleague, Kelsey Zizer. Hey, Kelsey,
1: top of the morning to you.
0: <laughs> I, I uh, always <laughs> entertained by how, however, you're going to greet me. Um, how's, how's things going?
1: Pretty good. Yep. Just cool. waiting on these good old election results.
0: That's right. We're recording this on November fifth. We still don't know who the next president will be. We have a pretty good idea, to be honest, but um, we're. Uh, uh, it's but gonna be Kanye, right? Count. Said, what, what's me. that?
1: I said it'll be Kanye, right? Yes. <laughs> I read he yes, got fifty thousand votes.
0: I know. I'm. I'm. Uh, I'm. I gotta be honest. That's that's uh, that's somewhat uh, uh, puzzling to me. Yeah. But you know. <laughs> I'm willing to give the guy this. He had a, he had a probably a three album run that I would put up against anybody in R and B hip hop and pop music that as, as like, you can't top that. That's a pretty massive, that's a pretty awesome run of albums. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I don't know if I want that guy leaving the country. I think it's no, a, <laughs> a, you
1: know,
0: a little bit of a, uh, there's there's good weird and there's bad weird and uh, <laughs> I think in the, in the in the Oval Office especially we want the good kind of weird you right. we want people with like you know quirky stationary choices is probably <laughs> as weird as I want to go maybe the occasional loud tie that's that's it really after that um, that's,
1: yeah that's a good analogy <laughs> I agree. Anyway,
0: while we're in the middle of uh, – and, and our guest today, uh, uh, who, who was also like craning his head to look at election results while we were <laughs> recording. Um, we don't have the video portion of this, but if you can just picture like every time he wasn't talking, he was turned around looking at a television in the room. Um, so our guest today was Ben Nierenberg from uh, – he's the EVP at MNJ Technologies out of uh, Buffalo Grove, Illinois. Uh, they're a managed service provider. They're an IT shop. Um, they sell to mid-market companies and their channel partners with a bunch of the biggest names in tech and also service providers. Uh, they're a big reseller of AT&T and other uh, service providers. Um, they aim for the companies that have between 500 and 5,000 employees and no less than five sites. Um, so I I always think it's worth checking in with companies like that, especially the ones that work in the channel, because they don't really represent any one specific solution to Mm -hmm. a problem. Um, and, and they seem to have a pretty, uh, you know, they can tell you what they really think about, (laughs) 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 you know, how things are shaping up. Um, uh what 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 did you think of our discussion so far uh Kelsey
1: yeah we had a great um check-in with him on um their approach to um unified communications and it was kind of interesting to hear how that's um made a turn from um you know it's it seemed to um c- kind of fade out of the popular lexicon a little bit for a while yeah. and it just wasn't um as as big of a, a news topic and Um, Seems Mm -hmm. to be coming back around as companies are rethinking their approach there. And we talked about the importance of um, having one device for remote workers where they can and, you know, uh, just a few applications where they can access everything that they need, where they're not having to sign in and out of a ton of different platforms or applications to get their business done.
0: Yeah, that's the the parallels to what happened in the UCAS space, you know, with it being starting, you know, uh, these unified communication systems started as hardware centric products Mm -hmm. that were stuck inside of offices and then they moved out to branch offices and then they became virtualized and then they became software centric. And now they are, like you said, now they are basically platforms with a suite of apps that have to be managed remotely or, and then, and then of course there's a ton of competitors. So you need companies like MNJ to kind of help you figure out which is the best platform for what you want to do. Um, the parallels are pretty strong to what's happening in the SD-WAN space. Um, you know, going from hardware centric to software centric from a corporate approach to, uh, Branched out and now, like he said, the branch of one, which is <laughs> of you know everybody working from home. So yeah, we covered all that stuff, uh, uh, you know, and just kind of a good check in with what's what's happening in the uh, technology mid market. Um, anyway, no more no more reason to talk about what we talked about. Let's actually get <laughs> to the interview, shall we?
1: Sounds good.
0: This podcast is sponsored by Nokia, proud builder of IP and optical communications infrastructure, the beating heart of the networks that keep us all going. Nokia IP and Optical, the foundation for what's to come. Our guest today from MNJ Technologies out of uh, Buffalo Grove, Illinois, is uh, Ben Nierberg. Hey, Ben, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. How are you guys today? (laughs) Great. Great. Um, and so Ben, uh, this is your second time on the podcast or did we, or have we done three yet? No, I think this is, this is magic number two, magic number two. All right. Fantastic. <laughs> um, just in case anyone missed the first one, cause it's been a couple of months. Um, uh, so MNJ is a managed service provider, uh, an IT shop you sell to mid-market companies. Um, what else should people know about you? Yeah. Uh,
2: well, I like long walks on the beach and novels, <laughs> um, but besides that, oh, we it, all do, Ben. I mean, Come on. Yeah. <laughs> when we're not doing that, um, no. So yeah, I think you said it best. I mean, really, MJ and J has continued to transform ourselves in two key areas. One, understanding that in the mid market, the need for digital transformation is is more paramount than it's ever been, and two, the continued focus on on solving the problems of the edge. Right, the, the we the the world exists exists at the edge for our customers. And when that becomes network infrastructure, or bandwidth, or security. How do we help them in that area of digital transformation as their business continues to change, and we continue to pivot stronger that way to help enable that problem solving for for our, our customer base?
0: I think you said it well. The world exists at the edge. That's really where all the that's um, where the technology uh, uh, the the most aggressive technology changes are happening right now. You know, everything from virtualization and all that. It started out in the uh, you know in different parts of the uh, telco stack, as it were. But now all the really, uh, I guess, forward thinking stuff seems to be happening at the edge because we've got so many, I guess, problems layered on top of one another there. And I guess your customers are seeing that. You've got the security problem. You've got uh, the distributed computing. You've got you know, managing all these software applications. And um, I guess this tees up a good conversation because it, you know, you guys are solidly in the business of a couple of those points, uh, you know, uh, providing SD WAN. So getting enterprises connected to all their other, uh, branch offices, but then also securing those connections. Um, what's, uh, what's new in that space or what, what have you guys been working as it relates to SD WAN and security?
2: Yeah. So I, I, I talked to somebody the other day about this as well, and and, and I kind of affectionately tease what's old is new again. The only difference is, is Gartner decided to put an acronym and name on it. So so here we go. <laughs> it's, it's something cool. Right. Very but, nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, so besides the tongue in cheek, um, really, it, it, this is it's been a trend for the last two years. This isn't new. We, we've we've. As we've continued to focus on the edge, as layer seven applications continue to dominate, as workloads move to either private or, pro- or public clouds, the need to secure both north-south traffic and east-west traffic at the edge has always been part of that discussion. Now, there may be more integrations two years later as we exist in a current state. There's more appetite to look at other ways besides just a, uh, a device at the edge of the network, whether that be the SD-WAN device as your as your firewall or an actual firewall. As we look more to public cloud security or or private cloud, single-hosted backhaul traffic security within the company's data center, there's more options within that and more focus on it. There's just more of this focus and appetite, and I would tell openness to look at it in different ways than has been traditionally in the past, and I mean, you know, besides the cute name that we now call it, um, it's, 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 it's omnipresent in every conversation we have.
1: Um, yeah, makes sense. Are your conversations with your enterprise um, and, you know, um, small to mid-level businesses changing at all in terms of um, maybe their security concerns or what they hope the SD-WAN can do, especially now that, um, you know, so many people are working from home um, and remote access is a consideration as well?
2: Yeah, the 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 branch of one as they're affectionately calling it now. Um, yeah, no, I think what the, the changes have been around a couple areas. Number one, you know, you're not having to to justify or talk about the value proposition behind SD-WAN, right? That that's mm-hmm. that's not a conversation that exists anymore. But the landscape is so cloudy. The conversation about what's the best SD-WAN appliance to be used, or what's the best setup for the problem that the end user is looking to solve. That's cloudier now than it's ever been with, you know, what, three years ago or two and a half years ago with Viptela being bought by, by Cisco. But in the last 12 months, we've had this barrage, you know, from Oracle buying Tulare to Juniper to HP Aruba now buying Silver Peak. And so yeah. I don't know that people understand which way to go, which SD-WAN appliance is the best. How are we laying security? Do I need an SD-WAN appliance that does security and SD-WAN, right? Software-defined routing and switching. Or can I use two separate vendors? How do I handle this? So the confusion really stems for when I look at the problem I'm looking to solve, what's the best way to go about solving that problem? And in the fastest time frame, Right? If, if an end user had to do this on their own and look at six different products with four different POCs and then come up with security on top of it, then that's a pretty Herculean task for any director of infrastructure. And so that's where I think the biggest issues exist now is not, will it fix my problem, but what's the best way to fix my problem? Who do I use to fix that? And how do I process?
0: Yeah, I think the time to market considerations definitely uh, a big one now. Like, like, like you alluded to, you know, with the branch of one, like the the that wasn't some big planned strategic decision. So the time to market was even more uh, a, a factor. You know, suddenly we've got to enact these uh, uh, company wide policies. We've got to scatter our employees to the wind. How do we make sure the connectivity experiences as uh, uh, I guess as as cookie cutter as possible if for nothing else to take a security and, you know, policy um, inside the company.
2: Absolutely. And, and most times in the branch of one, the home office, most people don't have, ex- uh, you know, diverse paths of, of fiber, right? right. Or, or broadband coming into the house. So then you're talking about using some type of wireless, right? Yeah. Or, or satellite or LTE or something around there and wire line. And how do you make those two work, right? I mean, it's it's a confusing proposition, for sure um
0: has that helped uh have you has your business on that side picked up uh quite a bit during the pandemic or was it already i mean the last time we spoke it was already kind of ramping anyway because this has become uh you know just a a corporate connectivity problem in general you know applying policy across all these places and getting the analytics to come back and that sort of thing so how has it kind of manifested itself in what you guys do
2: yeah you know we it, it was really the last stage of, of it all, right? When, when first, you got through, you know, the hardware, people the hardware they need, right? And then you're like, oh, my God, I don't have enough VPN. I don't have enough, you know, bandwidth. Where are my workloads? You got that. And they're like, oh, my God, how am I going to secure it? And right, yeah. so we went through <laughs> these, oh, my gods. And really now, we're, we're Sounds like a cycle of panic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. It's, it's like the election. Oh, my God, it changes every five minutes. Um, so right now we're, we're really at this at this point where we know we're going to exist in a longer term state like this. It, you know, COVID has ripped the bandaid off of working remotely, it ripped the bandaid off of a branch of one, it ripped the bandaid off of, of having to understand how we're going to distribute our workloads and our applications. And so there's really this more permanent state of how do I need to now exist in the future? And, and handle all of this. Um, and whether it be a branch or one, or whether it be a, a smaller distributed workforce that's now you know more mobile, um, we, we see a lot of that which has accelerated it. And, and the accelerated piece is what do we do in, in the home office? How do, can right. SD-WAN be applied there? Um, how are we going to handle security, um, onboarding, and offboarding, and all of those things now are. Uh, are, are uh, of heightened concern. Um, and so, yeah, that's really where we've seen this this ramp up. But um, on top of that too, then you have you know voice, which gets thrown into it, right? So now there's also that accelerator to take voice out of the on-prem PBX and really moving that to a cloud-based. And again, SD-WAN gets applied there as well. So um, there's a lot of contributing factors to it, um, all of which to answer your question in one short word is yes. <laughs> <it> <rampant. laughs>
0: Yes, lots of sales. Um. So since you brought it up, um, one of the other things I was thinking about in that kind of remote office situation is that um, unified communications experience. The the the, you know just because, yeah, the connectivity is the one thing. You secure the connection. You give them access to applications. um, Presumably some storage on the back of that. And then the very next thing is, of course, um, you know. Are we going to blow that all up by just having, you know, a, a, a semi-okay cell phone connection and that be, you know, <laughs> you're only, you've got to have some sort of robust communications happening on top of that. Um, what have people been requesting, uh, you know, from MNJ and what, if, uh, or, and what types of uh, solutions have you been able to put out there to kind of help customers along there?
2: Yeah, so... Look, definitely collaboration and voice have, have gone together. I, I can tell you from my own um, purposes, uh, I would, uh, 75, 80% of all of my calls are, are either on a video chat with Teams or video conference with Teams as a collaboration or just voice through Teams, which is then going through the internet versus through cellular. So. Um, you know, my AirPods are connected more to my computer now than my own uh, cell phone, um, as, as we want to, to communicate. So yeah. th- that's first and foremost, right? Using Teams, using Cisco WebEx, using Ring Central's platform, um, which is through internet as as your main voice platform, and and so much of it's that. The second piece of it is really that that single device, right? That soft phone, where you're using your computer and or your your phone, not through traditional. Um, cellular methods to make those calls and 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 the ability to, to do that and not have to have all that voice traffic go back to the PBX, right? right back to, to the main location. So no matter where that person sits, whether it's in their home or in a branch office or in corporate, they've got one device that they carry with them that handles everything for them. And, and so that really does lend itself to all of the fantastic um, UCAS providers out there, RingCentral and 8x8, jive and, and all
0: of those and it's interesting because that, that whole business seemed like it hit a plateau you know at a point where um seemed to be the driver of it was the mobile workforce because you know more and more jobs uh becoming mobile and people moving around and then suddenly um the next the very next driver for it in the pandemic has been um, the non-mobile workforce. <laughs> the workforce right. that's got to sit at home and, and be more present on video, but also be more present on multiple devices, even though they're they're staying put. Um, mm-hmm. I, I just would have predicted that. That's pretty interesting. And it makes it easier, too. I mean, you know, yeah.
2: to have four different things to, to manage, right, versus having one chat tool, one collab tool, one voice tool, all in one, certainly becomes easier for the end user to stay productive and, and onboarding, becomes much easier um than it is and, and i will tell you as a company that does a lot of work and hires millennials um it's much easier to teach them how to use a computer than an actual hard phone so it's um, <laughs> <That's
0: laughs> a good <laughs> it point well. yeah it's <laughs> gener- generational but it, it, it yeah that's that's solid that they, they uh they definitely know uh well and also they're all they're also not uh they're not too shy about the video thing either so that helps no
1: yeah no so, hey yeah. oh. I'm just imagining them like trying to figure out a rotary phone. <laughs> <that would> <laughs>
0: oh, geez. Well, you know, there's old, uh, I was about to say, you know, those old, uh, office phones where you, you had the, you know, the internal PBX not to sound like an old geezer, but those things required, like there was always somebody in the office that knew like all 25,000 codes, you know, they're That's like, right. Oh, you want to dial the second floor, but just the reception here, right. you do this and this and this. And then you want to, Oh, you need to, Talk to intercom, but only the third floor. Well, that's this one here. And it was, yeah, it was like you had to walk around with a chart or you know, or something like that. And that was just a telephone. That was wasn't yeah. even that complex. Okay, I sound old now. I'm gonna go uh I'm gonna I'm gonna get my walker and go stand in the corner. Yeah, uh, Those you are probably right,
2: got, I'll, I'll <laughs> grab my
1: deeper, I'll grab my beeper and calling cards. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Well, technology cyclical, right? So it'll come back.
2: <laughs> right. The razor just got relaunched. Are you kidding me? That was the oh, best no. thing ever when Motorola came out with the razor back in the day. That's we're, true. we back at it.
1: It's yeah. In high school, I just wanted a pink one. <laughs> right.
0: It was very stylish. Oh,
1: yeah. <laughs> well, uh, just circling back to SDN uh, for a minute, uh, you're talking about working with um, your customers about you know, selecting the right service for them. Uh, and I believe you also have a SD WAN demo lab. So how do you utilize that to help them pick out what the right service is or um just internally at MMJ to try out different SD WAN services?
2: Yeah. So um, you know, the, the 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 famous saying if your mom says she love you, ask loves you, ask her again. Um, we <laughs> kind of feel that way with S D WAN. You know, every <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I mentioned that. <laughs> um, every every SD WAN provider says certain things, and and the the problem is it's it's difficult to run proof of concepts, and it's it's expensive to do as well. So we set up this SD WAN demo lab so that customers can come in and see the way um, whether it's voice, video, or layer seven application traffic works. And we have a product called Packet Storm that introduces latency and jitter and packet loss into those environments. So you can see what seven milliseconds of of latency does at one product versus the other. You can see companies that claim to have security features when you turn on each one of those security features, what that does to the speed of the product and its ability to process. And the ability to do that in in a demo lab in a real setting um, really shortens the cycle and and gives the customers hands-on experience without having to set up three or four different POCs, each meaning mm-hmm. the last 30 days, and all of a sudden, we're 90 days down just to do the POCs, right? And, mm-hmm. and really, that's helped customers um, shorten time to solution, as I like to say. It's helped them feel significantly more comfortable about the solution. And it also stems really great thought and conversations. I can't tell you how many times we've whiteboarded in a customer We go to the demo lab and we do these and all of a sudden the whiteboard gets completely erased and we redo it while we put a a whiteboard in our demo facility because we wound up figuring things out that we wouldn't have without it. So it really is a phenomenal tool where there's uh, right now, I think, eight different total providers um, that sit within the the demo lab, uh, which is a pretty extensive group.
0: And the demo lab's located where? Where, where? Where are people accessing that?
2: Yeah, so right now, they're accessing it on-prem in in Buffalo Grove, so about 35 minutes northwest of downtown Chicago,
0: and
2: uh, phase two, which should be roughly about 90 to 120 days away, we are working on a way where we can ship a video conferencing uh, phone that would plug into the internet and be able to do it remotely as well. So that'll be uh, phase two of being able to see that. Yeah, so we're super excited about what's yet to come.
0: Very cool.
1: Yeah, Great interesting approach to the try it before you buy it (laughs) um well ben it's been a pleasure catching up with you thanks so much for joining us on the podcast oh i really appreciate
2: it always great to talk with both of you thank you
0: thanks ben
1: Thanks to our amazing producer, Tianfu, for all his hard work editing the podcast. And also a big thanks to our listeners for tuning in and sharing the podcast with your friends and colleagues. If you have any ideas about a future podcast topic or a potential guest for the show, please email us at editors at lightreading.com. Please also tell a friend to subscribe. And thanks for listening to the Light Reading Podcast. We'll see you next time.
0: This podcast is sponsored by Nokia, proud builder of IP and optical communications infrastructure, the beating heart of the networks that keep us all going. Nokia IP and Optical, the foundation for what's to come.